A Frontier. These are the voyages of the podcast Captain Slug. Its ongoing mission to explore strange new episodes, to seek out new jokes and new references, to split infinitives that no one has split before. Captain Slog, Stardate 41. These are the continued voyages of me, Eddie Edwards, and Mark Bench as we work our way through all of fucking Star Trek. And uh, normally I'd say, how you doing, Mark? But it's Q, Hugh, who, and we've got a lot to fucking get through. So, and I'm, let's... Frankly, I'm <laughs> glad that you didn't because I I deleted Reddit this week off my phone oh, to fucking... Because it's affecting my mental health. Um, yeah, no, that's fair. But in order to make up for it, I now just go on Facebook more often. <laughs> and I go into the comment sections of like, of like, 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 like there was fucking STV news putting out fucking stories about how oh the worldwide box office is really in trouble at the moment, and then every fucker from like Canvas Lang or or Kings Park in Glasgow are like well that's because they make too many remakes. And I'm just like, I, I literally do not have the energy to fucking even... Like, I don't argue with people online anymore, because what's the point? Like, <laughs> we, we have already underlined the fact that nothing or no one is coming to save us. We are on borrowed time before what we have done to this planet will eventually kill us. Right? Whether that comes from inside or outside, it doesn't matter. We are fucking doomed. Right, yep. it's it's it, it, there's no point. Don't fucking recycle anymore, right? Because fucking Brian Henson from fucking Coat Bridge is like, well, why don't they just make films like Indiana Jones anymore? And then you could be like, well, technically, Indiana Jones was made as a film like something else. You can't you can't fucking moan about things being remakes and reimaginings when your profile picture is a fucking Indiana Jones. You fucking twat. <laughs> um, so, to sum up, I've been fine. <laughs> but yeah, Q&A. Um, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> let's just jump into it. <laughs> right, okay. Because there's a lot to fucking unpack here. Um, if you don't know, the plot of this episode is The Borg. It's the first episode with The Borg. That's Our, it. Counterpoint. No, yeah. it isn't. No, yeah, because they te- technically the neutral zone episodes at the end of no. the season. Further counterpoint. E- Enterprise. No. Further, further, <laughs> further counterpoint. This isn't just a Borg episode. Yeah. This is quite a quite a character-driven Q episode as well. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. That's a, that's a, a fair point. But that doesn't it's, fucking it... matter because it's the first episode we get the ball <laughs> Yeah. I was also going to point out it's the episode where Sonia Gomez turns up, an ensign who appears in two episodes total, and is most famous for spilling hot chocolate over Picard. Yep. Who I think was an attempt to recapture the O'Brien lightning in a bottle of, like, what if we have, like, a featured ensign, uh, give them some lines and see yeah. if people just latch onto them for no reason. <clears> and... No, um, it didn't really work. Well, but prob- she is a captain in Lower Decks. Yeah, so. the, the problem with Sonia Dex, Sonia Dex. The problem Sonya with Sonia Dex. <laughs> that is a great DJ name. 
is 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 plain and simple, right? Now I don't want to get misogynistic about this, but Sonia Gomez has the crazy eyes. Uh, it's also not believable that a functional woman would voluntarily spend time with Geordie. Uh, yeah also um i jordy kind of and so the first thing that happens is selena gomez um and jordy are hanging out at engineering and yeah gomez says thank you to uh the fucking the, the replicator i mean jordy picks her up on that for we don't have to be pleasant to these like non-living things your best friend is an android Jordy. <laughs> literally got in my notes Jordy, don't say please to the replica best friend is an android <laughs> yeah. so geordie's got a very specific hierarchy of machines as well he will... and he's an engineer i bet he refers to the enterprise as a, as a lady in a weird in a way like not in the same of like fun way that scotty does in like yeah. a creepy way where you worry about you know like how in the science fiction show andromeda there's like a hologram version of the ship that becomes flesh later on because kevin sorbo wanted to bang it yeah uh yeah uh, <laughs> and uh yeah i think like that i think i'd do the same i think if i had a ship i would refer to it as a she um and as a her but i i it wouldn't i don't it wouldn't be a sex or an attractive <laughs> thing for me it just that just You'd seems be... correct i don't I'd, 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 I would feel uncomfortable being inside a man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, uh, no, I don't. I, I, it just feels because you don't want to say it because obviously it is like you know the way that <laughs> that New York City herself is a character in Ghostbusters. Um, I would feel like the ship upon which uh, I live my entire life uh, does get to does get to be personified I don't, I don't know man it'd be interesting to take a poll shall we shall we poll our 11 listeners to find out yeah. whether they'd prefer if the enterprise was male or female presenting we'll put a poll on twitter and you can let us know whether you believe the enterprise to be male female trans mask trans femme or non-binary is that the have i done all the genders i don't i'm trying my best to keep up to date Trans, but trans masculine. So that would be someone born a woman who presents as a man. Right? But yeah, but I think trans man and trans woman are also trans mask and trans femmes are like flavors of non-binary. Right. So I think there are seven genders. The fact that this doesn't, <laughs> it, the, the fact that this isn't understandable to me immediately is why Trump won. No. <laughs> <laughs> The fact that I'm not willing to put in the base level amount of fucking time to try and understand <laughs> this is why Brexit got through. <laughs> but no, if you if you are, if you are listening and and you are, what's the like known standard gender conforming? Yeah, I'm 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 38. I'm getting very close to the point where I stop trying. Yeah, please, uh, so... please just <laughs> do, do you. Man, yeah, we'll... what, yeah, wh whatever you are. Anyway, fucking that's enough. Great. Anyway, enough. Uh, get... Fucking the burger here. <laughs> well, no. First of all, Picard walks down as a lovely tracking shot, goes to get on board. It's really, it really is quite nice, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I wrote that and down. then it's 
instead of being in the he gets in the lift and instead of being taken where he's going uh he steps out onto on board shuttle shuttle six and it's thousands of light years from the enterprise because uh q agreed to not bother his ship ever again (laughs) (laughs) um and what i love about this is first of all nobody guinan realizes something's up um but nobody else on board the ship realizes anything has happened and i would feel that the security system on board the enterprise should be rigged that if the captain disappears without prior notice that should raise a fucking red flag (laughs) yeah i also feel that um 10 forward shouldn't have a button that directly contacts the bridge and if it does (laughs) it certainly shouldn't be on the bar (laughs) yeah kind of gets to call up and be like oh is there anything weird happening uh later on in the episode she's looking out the window and she sees a board cube and they tell her they needed to go look at the view screen so she goes into and she goes out of 10 forward across a corridor and into a little office that she's apparently got so she can look at the view screen and look at a picture of the board cube that she can clearly see out of the window <laughs> <laughs> Would you... right here's a question um so presumably the windows on the enterprise are not made of glass right no is that no. safe to assume they're probably transparent aluminium right yeah, and I presume that the view screen on the bridge is also transparent aluminium, and it has the like oh uh, zoom or enhance like all the things that they can't do in cop shows, right? Yeah, could every window conceivably do that? Possibly, because I don't know. Here's my question: I don't even know if the one on the bridge is a window. Because I would imagine yeah. that you'd have the bridge fully armoured, and maybe there's like a camera outside that's feeding back. If I recall correctly. And again, we are wrong about Star Trek far more than we are correct. <laughs> I believe that the Kelvin Universe Enterprise <clears throat> is the first one right. uh, that has a window. Sorry, okay. I'm just going to... There we go. Okay. So, um, yeah, so it's possible... But, I think, yeah, I think I you're think... right. I think every there's no reason why every window could... I mean, to be fair, if, if, if I was running the Federation... That the, the it would be in your eye, like the thing that does all your zoom and enhance. I'd like have that as like a, I'd have a bionic <laughs> eye on everyone rather than having any windows. No, no, that's a terrible idea. Um, because uh, you keep a real eye, obviously, one real one bionic. Best of all, well, so you have a fucking <laughs> eye patch situation. No, that's well, no, incredibly it looks like confusing. A normal, it looks like a looks like a normal eye, but it's just bionic right. like the one four's got have have you have you ever um d- have you ever been in the spot where one of your eyes is functioning properly but the other one isn't it's focused on a different thing because i have after some ketamine uh, and, I, 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 and i also get that frequently yeah a, you, you know. know how it's a nightmare <laughs> Do you know how the do you know I know the last thing I'd want to be doing? <laughs> it's capturing the flagship of the <laughs> Federation of Planets. Look, okay, I've not I've not thought this idea through as much. I literally came up with it on the spot. Okay, anyway, Gainan has to go into her office to look at her artificial window rather than the window that she was quite clearly quite comfortable at. Gainan knows something is up as well because apparently Gainan can detect cues. Uh, she can detect hijinks. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> right. What I love about this episode, one thing I love about this episode is we get the captain's not on board the ship 
and then it's like it jumped we get the opening credits uh, and then it comes back and it's revealed six hours has passed and in that six hours picard has completely refused to have any form of conversation with q <laughs> <laughs> he's just sat there in stone-faced silence but he's bounced that ball <laughs> yeah so the thing is q wants q's been kicked out of the continuum for being a, a dickish omnipotent being <laughs> which is is i think their way of explaining why the universe is in, in constant chaos is <laughs> just like no there's only one of the q who's like this yeah the rest of them are all right ish <laughs> but then gainan confirms that that isn't the case yeah oh because he's he's like oh some of them are all right yeah, Q and Guinan have met meet each other, and Q's like, "Oh, I've met her before, like two hundred years ago." You can't trust her. <laughs> like Guinan's like, "You can't trust Q," and Picard's like, "No, that is objectively true." <laughs> Could you imagine if all of the people in the world who had all of the influence and all of the power and the ability to do basically anything could only be described with the phrase, "Yeah, some of them are all right." Oh no, that is the case. Yeah. No, it's not. None of them are right. None of them are all right. Yeah, even fucking who's the, who's the latest one that they all really like? Ryan Cohen. Yeah, still a, he's still, still a, a dick. Yeah, he's still a billionaire. Yeah, he still, exactly. He still will throw you into a fire just for his own petty amusement, not for even any real gain. Um, but yeah, um, Q and Guyner don't get on, and Q wants to join the ship the crew and he even agrees says he'll like give up his powers yeah to do it and picard's like well i don't trust you so no and we don't need you and q's response to this is to uh accelerate the point at which the federation would encounter the borg by about 10 years did you notice as well just just to throw this in there that q had given himself four pips oh so what is a is he he's a captain so he's he, down for he, he claims to want to help and claims to want to join <laughs> Starfleet and claims to want to be a member of the ship. In reality, what he wants is the captaincy. Uh, my big question on that is, what rank could Q conceivably arrive with that wouldn't be an insult? Because you got to remember, Wesley's on the bridge. Yeah. So technically, if he wants to start at the bottom, he's got to start below Wesley. I... I I know this is a different episode, but there's a there's a fantastic bit later on in Star Trek where Q turns up naked on the bridge, and he's had his powers taken away, and he asks them what he should do to make them believe him. And Worf's response is simply, "Die." <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, so they all end up back in Ten Forward, and they have this discussion. And Q's response to being told that Star Trek doesn't need Starfleet doesn't need him is to fire them seven thousand light years. So they are two years away from Federation space in the Delta Quadrant, and there's a planet nearby, and all of the colonies have gone. And then a cube shows up. Yeah, and it's okay. amazing. Odd, <laughs> bright. Hear me out. In original Star Trek, the the Klingons were sort of kind of brought in as like a, a Russia allegory. It was like a, a like they were like they were like it was a Cold War thing that they were trying to do with them, like constant war between these two groups. Right, and that works pretty well as it is. Yeah, and the Romulans are pretty interesting as well. There's there's plenty of good Star Trek 
bad guys mm-hmm. out there. I don't think there is a single better bad guy for the Federation thematically than the Borg. Oh, I agree. Um, I <clears throat> I actually think that the Borg might be the greatest just villainous unstoppable force um yeah in all of fiction because what what they what they do <laughs> is so terrifying to me <laughs> that i like i can't even comprehend what it would be like not even just yeah. to be a borg but to face the borg like yeah. i legitimately think they are the scariest thing like as just an idea and as a concept fucking terrifying yeah there's there's issues with how the borg developed later on but we're not going to get into that like it's in the early in tng in particular they're pretty fucking fantastic i have a question now <clears throat> i'm going to i'm going to assume that everyone who's gotten this far on this podcast has at least a tertiary knowledge of what the borg are and how the borg operate right if you don't the borg are a are a, are a, a society that are uh, essentially a com a, a, a coming together of organic and inorganic, right? They are essentially yeah. a machine race. They have one hive mind. Uh, when they come to a planet, they fuck well. This episode kind of changes things, uh, or or it changes down the line. They come, they take all of the people there to turn into new Borg drones, um, yeah. and well, they, they essentially also do birth and grow their own baby drones. Yeah, and they're born are, are like organic, and they immediately put machines and technology in them. Yeah. And so they, yeah. they take away your personality, everything that makes you, you as an individual, and you are hooked up to the collective. So every the voice of every other Borg is in your head at all times. But there's but there's nothing of you in there. You just are one of that. Like you are like a, a sheep essentially to what the Borg collective wants. And there's nothing you can do about it. And I think that is utterly terrifying. I thought that what you were going to ask earlier is who are the Borg supposed to represent in the real life world of geopolitics um, and culture? I don't really think anyone. No, I, no, and, no, I but, agree. But I also think that everyone. I think the best the best thing about the Borg is that, yeah, the closest thing you could say to the Borg is that the Borg are communists, but they're not really because they still have. Because communists still have art and ideas. It's very easy for you, as a human being, to point at whatever group you don't like and say, that's the Borg. Like, I know some of the far right like to refer to people they argue with as, like, NPCs, where they have this idea that, oh, you just use the same arguments over and over again, you just constantly call Trump a fascist. And it's like, well, yeah, because, you know, he is. Um, and and it's like that's the thing of like so it's it's easy from that perspective and I could say how you could if you if you're far right you could easily point at socialists and say that's what the, that's the Borg they take away your individual blah blah but equally yeah, I point at, uh, but I point oh. at a sea of people all wearing the same fucking hat uh, <laughs> who yeah. have only one viewpoint and only one news source it's very easy for you anybody to point at a group they don't like and go yeah they're like the Borg. And not to fucking weigh in on this, because obviously this is such a pointless conversation to have, because as you say, 
everyone has their reasons for thinking that the other people who are like them are the Borg. Yeah. Which is the... And yeah, this will get thrown back in my face, but I generally find that left-wing-ism is more about tolerance and inclusion, um, whereas right-wing-ism kind of just wishes that everyone was the same. Yeah. Yeah, but then um, you know, there's 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 fucking nuance to everything, all right? Don't yeah. fucking don't fucking at me. Yeah, right. I I'm don't not... care what your politics are, as I've already yeah. established in this poli- in this podcast. I hope that fucking everyone catches fire <laughs> quite soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, it's going to happen. So, and I, I'm not um... a fucking centrist. <laughs> not by any stretch of the imagination. No, I yeah, it's it's I'll all I'll take awful. all the fucking Elon Musk's money every distributor. <laughs> and do you know what? I'll fucking I'll 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 convince him that I've invented an invisible suit so that he walks about <laughs> naked. Then I'll be like, You literally didn't even catch on that this is an actual fairy tale. <laughs> fucking idiot. And then I'll and then I'll get a can of thirty seven percent sugar iron brew. <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll fucking and I'll go and throw it at his head and I'll turn and I'll just fucking weak it right at fucking Boris Johnson's fucking <laughs> nut uh, and I hope it, if, if it but, I was going to say if you're expecting this impact, then through obvious diabetes if, I was going to say this, if you're expecting the political views of this fucking podcast to, to uh, lessen at any point before there is another general election in the UK, you are. Yeah. It's, yeah. If you ever, if you think that this podcast is ever going to listen to both sides, you are the Borg. <laughs> <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Um, so let's let's like let's talk through what how the Borg appear. First of all, the spaceship's just a cube. Like, every other ship's, like, got a right way up to be in Star Trek. So, like, if you see one listing at an odd angle, you know it's fucked. But they're, they're like, a cube, so they're, they're like that. They're homogenous, whereas, like, Starfleet has the whole thing of, like, um, like it's all about uh, different individuals coming. Like, diversity is our strength. That's yep. very much the message of, uh, like, that, like, I'm not reading too much into it. Like, literal Star Trek characters have said that exact phrase to usually Borg uh, <laughs> right um, so yeah you have this like homogenized mass but they don't they're not just it's not just that that's terrifying like they turn up and it's like they send a drone over to the Enterprise and um, it just starts taking stuff from their computer and ignores them so they Worf shoots him doesn't work so he puts it all the way up to like vaporize and hits him a lot and he falls over and then immediately another drone arrives and this one's got shields because yeah. the Borg adapt immediately. They blow the fuck out of a bunch of the ship and it just regrows itself and then the phasers stop working on it. The photon torpedoes work a bit and then they stop working on it. And it's important to note, the end of like, because there's not a lot in the way of like plot. It's more like this is what the Borg are. That this episode, the clever way that the Fed, like the Enterprise gets out of this situation is that Picard just apologizes to Q and asks for his help. That's how they get away yeah. from them. There's, there is no winning. And I would, I would argue something about this, um, about Picard's tactics. Now, I understand why he does it as a human, and in fact, I completely understand why Q is doing this entire test, mm-hmm. which is that the only way to succeed, right, you should figure out, Picard, that the only way to succeed is to fucking apologise and admit that you don't have all the answers. But Picard, yeah. through his... Through, I would say, a stubbornness and pride that 
don't really show themselves that often in that character because it's Q specifically that he wants to be is willing to keep going and keep trying because Q from from minute one Q is like give me the word and we're out of here yeah it's I think it's something that it's not it's acceptable to me because it's not Picard's pride in himself Um, or even like pride in humanity it's his pride in what the federation is and what the federation stands for yeah like he's okay. it's of that belief like there is no problem we can't solve but it's like it's like even when they go okay fuck this let's run away and they turn around and run and they go to like warp night i've got it written down that like like geordie gives it everything and they go up to something like warp nine 9.36 no 9.65 yeah. is top speed for the enterprise and the ball cubes just gaining on them like like they like yeah it's there's there is nothing you can do, and like and Q's like well what he's like talking to Picard and Q's like well, well I guess well, you're just gonna run until you run out of fuel and yeah. then then you'll stop and then they'll just they, yeah because they don't want to talk. It's like Picard tries to establish a dialogue and like Guinan and Q both explain from different perspectives. No, no they they want they will they think your ship is interesting technologically. They will consume it. They will strip your computer things. They will assimilate those of you that are left they will take the knowledge out of your brains and you will be part of the book they don't actually interesting point they don't say resistance is futile in this episode no i was very aware of that um because it's resistance is futile so i've been reading uh, a lot of books recently about specifically about terms of phrase and grammar and like how kind of interesting language conventions are built um, and resistance is futile is such a fucking beautiful bit of the English <laughs> language because it's so evocative. Like, because essentially what it means is there is nothing you can do. But there is nothing you can do is a thing that could potentially be said to you by an air steward. <laughs> <laughs> do you know yeah. what I mean? There's nothing you can do. Sorry about that. Someone in a shop when you can't get a refund because you bought a PC game without checking the specs, you took it home, you installed it on its computer, and then it didn't work, and you bring it back and ask to return it, and I say, well, no, you can't return that, because even though you haven't you haven't been able to play it, it's not now new, so I now can't sell that to someone else as new, can I? Mrs. Bradley in 2009 in game, <laughs> right? There is nothing you can do. If I had said to her, if she had said I want to return this PC game, I'll say, no, She'll say, please, and I'll say, resistance is futile. She ain't going to keep trying. She's going to fuck <laughs> off, and uh, I'll get I'll get to lunch five minutes early. But it's so, it's so evocative. There is nothing you can do is something that other people would say about the Borg, but resistance is futile. Is It's it's because it's that thing of, like, they have worked out mathematically yeah. what is the shortest amount of energy they need to convey what they want to tell you. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's... Oh, it's such. They are so. It's such a good episode. Like at one point, yeah. it just yanks out. A, they just yank out a second. They got a tractor beam, and instead of trying to take the ship, they just take out a fucking like section. Yeah. And kill. Well, they don't kill. Eighteen crewmen disappear. Yeah, they were on that bit, so they get yeah. assimilated. And Picard's like, "Oh, they're dead," and it's like, "Ha oh, ha, Picard, you. you have no you, idea. They they would be lucky to be dead." <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it isn't yeah. really until. Um, Star Trek First Contact that we really because obviously 
you have TV ratings, but it isn't until Star Trek First Contact that you get to see firsthand what, like, a kind of Borg factory, for lack of a better yeah. term, is. But, like, them cutting bits off you, <laughs> taking out your eyes, putting your eyes on, doing all this, yeah. get all the yeah. stuff on the face, cut off the limbs. It's fucked up. It's, it's to me like you can have those it's like when you get into those weird science fiction conversations you can have sometimes like about how um, the xenomorphs in Alien take on some characteristics of the uh, creature they burst out of so oh what's a sheep xenomorph would be like when you get to the Borg it's like well what would like a Kling- Klingons are stronger than normal folk so what would the Klingon Borg look like just a Borg just look like another Borg because yeah. the Borg are already better than a Klingon yeah, <laughs> everything exactly, yeah. the Borg need them to do like it is uh, one thing I love about this is um, uh, there's like a the Borgs have like a hand a thing on their arm, and it's not in the costuming department. They've clearly not done that thing of like getting the guy to ball up his fist yeah. and do that because the guy's arm is like super long. <laughs> yeah. Because why not? Like <laughs> it's already an indestructible fucking thing. It doesn't matter that it's got an extra long arm because you only use it for like that job. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. I like the fact as well, I love they don't detect any life forms and then they beam over and then it's like, uh, Captain, there's fucking thousands of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but so, why don't the Borg show up on life form scanners though? Because they are, they are a lie. Well, so I think the reason is when they're in the pods regenerating, those biological components that would register as a life sign, they're not on. Because oh, they right, don't okay. need them, so it's wasted energy. So they don't. And, or data theorizes maybe it's because they're all one yeah. life form that doesn't register as an individual. But but then equally, shouldn't it have registered as one large, terrifying life form? Because you know the Enterprise regularly encounters those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there should be there should be a, on the life form detector. There should be just like a. It's big. Oh dear. Oh shit. <laughs> It's big and it's only a face, and you know what happens <laughs> when we meet one of those. Um, O'Brien watch. O'Brien. So they so they beam across to the the Borg ship, the Borg cube. Yeah. And they uh, sort of mess about for a bit. They find some Borg babies, which don't ever yeah. really come back until lower decks, I don't think. And then, I, and then what I love about it is that the Borg ship doesn't have shields, really. Yeah. Uh, like because it's like they've never needed them. And, and then they invent them within 10 seconds of a phaser being fired <laughs> I, I love that, uh, obviously, O'Brien on the on the big desk. Uh, and uh, Picard says, get the, get that team, beam that team off the, the cube and onto the bridge immediately. And we don't, like, O'Brien isn't even like a, yes, sir, it's just for, straight on it. Yeah. Like, he knows what immediately means. Yes, because he fucking, <laughs> he knows his fucking job. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's Picard as well. When Pic- the Picard doesn't word that in a calm way, uh, he's not like, uh, "Mr. O'Brien, just if you could." Uh, yeah. He's like, "No, get them back immediately. This is all gone terribly wrong." <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> one thing that they do fix, if I have a criticism of the Borg uh, okay. as a as a design, yes, it's that a cube is not the optimum shape. For the no. for what they want to do, they would be better as a sphere, but they yes. do become Borg spheres later on, because it, as a cube, there's various parts of that structure are going to be less strong than others. But a cube yeah. doesn't have that. Sorry, a sphere doesn't have. Yeah, no, I, I do. I agree with you, but I also quite like the fact that, like, so we know 
I know from like Voyager that the level of tech they're running up against in the Delta Quadrant, may, it's just never been that big an issue. Yeah. That they they were just like, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, they are. It's I, I whoever came up with the Borg, I hope they got a fucking raise because yeah. that's a that's a good day of work. And they do establish that like the incidents in the neutral zone in the first season that they do establish no that 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 was the borg's first little foray into like federation space yeah and there's a love that their first little foray in like oh we're just doing a bit of a recall mission how are you gonna do that take an entire colony uh... <laughs> just see what they're up to yeah <laughs> what do you guys do for fun oh that sounds bad you get an assembly Handball. The fuck can I score? They've never encountered a race before that do ambu jitsu. Uh, what's your favourite so... item from the chappy? Uh... Hamburger. <laughs> Borg. Yeah. Borg. Borg. It's. <laughs> I love that. Like, like so, Guinan. Guinan is annoying to me in this episode up until a certain point. So. Because Guinan's like, oh, I, I can tell you this about the Borg. And she keeps things every very fucking vague. Yeah. And then later on she does reveal that her civilization were wiped out by the Borg, but she herself wasn't there. Uh, yeah. So, cause, uh, so, like, Guinan's species, we don't know a lot about, except that they're, like, immortal. There's a, there's, They don't have a home planet, they're just around a mm-hmm. bit. Um that's, that's it. That's all, all we really know about them. Yeah, because the only ones we ever really meet of them are her and Malcolm McDowell, right? Yeah. yeah. So there's like a thing about they were in the Nexus for a time. Yeah. But you don't really know what or why. Um, I, I One thing I did want to say about this episode that I do really love is um, that Q... Instead of doing Q, Q's favorite little trick is just having conversations and like reappearing in different spots because it's a very easy bit of camera trickery to do to point out that he is not. Oh, you're but, about but... to say something that I've been dying to bring up this entire episode, and I know exactly right. what it is. I'm looking at it in my notes right now. In in this episode, what he decides to do instead is consistently swap positions with members of the crew, leaving <laughs> the crew members in whatever position he was in so there's a bit where he's like lazily leaning up against that weird curvy bit that has all the desks on it around yep. the back and data and then he swaps suddenly he's in data's chair and then it cuts to data lounging lazily in the exact <laughs> position and very confused by what's going on there's also um there's a bit of uh i i would i would call it special effects um that i personally think it like really really add to it. it's just one little thing which is that when they're in the conference room, Q is sitting, like, kind of leaning back on a chair. Yeah. And then when he teleports away, the chair keeps moving a little bit. It's just kind of yeah. swinging back and forth, as if a weight has been lifted off of it. It's little yeah. things like that that make everything feel really tangible. Yeah, it's... Because that is what would happen. It's what we talked about in the La Royale episode, where they go through the door, but they clearly just do a full rotation, yeah. and if they'd edit it out like five frames, it would have looked better. Yeah. But yeah, it's a little touch that really. This is you. Okay. The, the the quality in season one is terrible. The quality in season two has let's put it this way. Overall improved. Yeah. But it hasn't 
that isn't because the overall quality's improved. It's improved because there's been a couple of episodes that are really good. And yeah. this is clearly one that everybody, like, I get the impression that somebody's, like, pitched the Borg. Like, they've had the Borg around as an idea since about season one. They knew they wanted to do Borg at the end of season one, but didn't because of that writer's strike weirdness that was going on. So they've had this idea. So it's something, like, everybody on board, like, the show has been super excited about. And they've gotten to the episode where they're going to do it. And everyone has worked their ass off to make sure this is one of the best episodes that they could possibly make. Yeah. Like, every little moment, every little thing it's, is fantastic. It's episodes like this, because I personally, from, from what I have seen, because, again, I am essentially watching this for the first time. Uh, the vast majority of episodes I've never seen, but I have gone a bit further down the line just from watching random ones and watching all the Borg episodes. Um, one thing that I really like is that this episode kind of really... It actually shows off the advantage of something that we have criticised, and everyone has criticised, which is Gene Roddenberry's rule that there should be no interpersonal conflicts. This is one of the perfect Star Trek episodes because there is essentially no character in this. Like, well, yeah. there's, there's no real character motivation or selfishness or anything everyone just realizes oh here is a terrifying thing and we must all be completely professional and get out of this situation obviously apart from picard who all he had to do was apologize but whatever. <laughs> um but but yeah they're just like fucking everyone on it on it on it on it and we still can't beat them that's quality writing there is very specifically a bit later on in the episode where Sonia Gomez is talking to um, talking to Geordie and she's like, 18 people have died. How can you like just ignore that? And like Geordie's like, because we don't have a choice. Yeah, this we is can not... mourn them later. Yeah. But we have to do and, this now. And by later, he means never. I, look, I've, I've got some real issues with how the TNG era of Star Trek handles fucking mental health. There's a lot of times when people should have not been in the next episode. <laughs> like, there's a lot of episodes where like people need a week off. What right? are you complaining <laughs> about, Eddie? There's a counter on 50% of the episodes. <laughs> I, I, one thing I do love is uh, in this episode is like Guinan clocks the cues around first. Yeah. And then Deanna like, walks onto the bridge. And he's like, yeah, no, there's something weird happening. And then they realise the shuttle bay is missing. But I also like Deanna's reaction to, like, the, the Borg is just like, no. <laughs> no yeah. just, don't, just just no. No, yeah, you can't. There's not, like, yeah. Because Picard, like, tries to, like, open sailing frequencies to them at one point. And he's yeah. like, yeah, we're going to do this. And their, their basic response is, if you resist us, you will be punished. <laughs> you would, though, wouldn't you? Because, like, it's, it's kind of a, a mainstay of sci-fi and I, I for a reason like for a thematic l literature reason uh the doctor is constantly trying to reason with the daleks and the cybermen and yeah. they'll make a big thing about how oh my god they can't be reasoned with and they're the, the world's ultimate enemy the universe's ultimate enemy and even my people were destroyed by them but the fact of the matter is the, the doctor is always trying to save the fucking daleks right and they're always yeah. trying to dialogue with them and maybe find that good one whereas Picard uh, and, and, and you could say the same maybe about Batman and the Joker to an extent um, but ba but Picard and the Borg basically are like right we get one episode where they're going to try and have a parlay and then after that <laughs> fuck it it's out we <laughs> on site yeah 
Oh, let me rephrase that. Attempt to kill them on site. Yeah, yeah, they are. It's they 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 are. I don't think I've. I, I was watching it and I was thinking about how I feel about the Borg. Is like when they first appeared. It reminds me of like I were like. It's not going to come as a shock to anybody about exactly what sort of nerd I was growing up. But it, like the Borg appearing to me was like when Warhammer 40k had a new race that came out like the necrons turned up for the first time and it's just like you're immediately like okay you, you, this has been worked on a lot in private and you just get the reveal of the full product and you're like oh, okay this is exciting and interesting and the borg is in that category where like the moment i first saw them i was like the these are instantly iconic yeah. like the cultural bleed through on the concept of the borg is huge like it, you could say i think you could say to any person in the world not like not even a like a star trek fan like just any human being like you could say klingon or romulan or vulcan and they'd immediately go oh star trek yeah right and maybe i think the wrong Borg, but maybe not, okay maybe not wrong but i think the the vulcans yeah for sure. sorry uh, but but i think the borg as well this episode airs and i would say within three years from this point borg are in that conversation of just like they are just an iconic like everybody like gets them as a cultural reference because it's just such a solid fucking and terrifying idea yeah of it's just, so yeah. inhuman yeah and yet just... they kind of look like us they are the perfect other if they looked like the gonk droids from star wars like we wouldn't be that terrified of them but it's yeah. or or if they looked like the cybermen right but it's the fact that they leave enough of their human form in themselves like the fact that they like they leave one eye and only yeah. take out the, the the right one that's the thing that makes us go oh they are they are the other but they are also us and we could become that yeah it doesn't so scary i think thematically it does a lot of the same it hits a lot of the same cultural and like psychological that's points is like the romero zombie yeah where it's like it's what every human is terrified because human the problem is it's human beings we're individuals we know we're individuals we know all of our friends are individuals but there's also seven billion of us and once you get out to a certain point your monkey brain breaks down and you just have to review everybody else as this like mass they've worked it out right like they've there is a name for the for the number of people i think it's something like you can only you can only really care about 100 people and, yeah. and over and above that, it's you, you like you would collapse. Like your 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 empathy would implode in on itself if you yeah. tried to care about everyone. But there, but there's a name for that concept. I can't remember what it is. But, but yeah, a hundred is about the number. They think. Yeah, it, it's based on it's the idea they've done the experiment where you get if you get a group of monkeys and you put them together and you keep adding one extra monkey and you work out what point they'll split into two groups yeah and it's and it's and it, it, it basically with all primates it starts it based on the size of the brain the group gets larger and you scale that up for humans and you get to some it's 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 a hundred or thereabouts yeah i think yeah but yeah or but then it's just when my cousin emily comes out of the family party <laughs> i don't have a cousin emily i just i wanted to make that joke there is a person <laughs> that I think that about in my family, but I'm not going to say the real name. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, that's part of the reason why like people get politically 
like oh no, the other piss side doesn't count like because yeah. because they're usually outside of your circles and far enough removed but that's how that happened and that's why the idea of just a mass of unstoppable feet people is a terrifying concept yeah and it has been ever since people thought their tribe was the only group of human beings that existed and then some fuckers on horses came over the hill yeah, and you're like Borg, well what the fuck is that <laughs> the board gonna say they are the brats yeah like they're yeah. space brats there's um is what they have are you, have you ever read any ian m banks science fiction no so there's a there's a, a, a culture in that called um they're called the culture and the famous line in the galaxy is don't fuck with the culture and the culture have a, a group in their society called special circumstances and then like there's a very specific group in that who deal with what are called out of context problems and the way an out of context problem is provide is defined is you are the king of your island tribe you have uh, successfully gotten all of the other island tribes on the nearby islands beaten uh, you, they all pay tribute to you, and as far as you're concerned, the world doesn't exist between your little group of islands. And then you wake up one day, and in the uh, just off the shore of your island, is a battleship, uh, and that's what meeting the Borg is. Yeah. It's like you could be as advanced, and it, we're really used to like the Enterprise being we're the most advanced thing. We're going to turn up and make you fix your problems and show you what's better. And then they turn up and meet somebody who's not only more advanced, but is also like your entire viewpoint is wrong. Yeah. That's not how you get to be super powerful and strong and terrifying. You get to be that way by just endlessly consuming everything in your path. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I love. I think they're great. Yeah. They're like, would yeah. it be the biggest insult in the world if the Borg turned up at your planet, scanned you, and just went, nah? <laughs> <laughs> we should. Uh, we should. That should be a lower decks character. Just someone who's really spiteful against the Borg because they don't think they're good enough. <laughs> it's like me. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I've ever mentioned it on this podcast before, but Laura certainly has brought it up on occasion. Uh, I have a, a, a weird, unwavering hatred of uh, the Amish. Um, and it's because I think they're fucking smug. And they think they're better than me. Yeah. But her, her counterpoint is always, but if you think that, then it must stem from a place of you wishing that you were like them because you think that they're better than you are. Yeah. <laughs> like, given the choice, I'd, I'd keep me, I'd like, I'd, I'd maintain this lifestyle, but I don't know, man. It, they do seem to have it pretty easy. Like, Look, I'll, I'll they're not, say this. They're not really worrying about people in fucking STV news comment sections not knowing that Scarface is a remake or something. Sorry, here's, the thing. here's the thing I will say about the Amish. I'm very much of that like thing where I was like, well, maybe if we'd never invented the internet, there wouldn't be as many problems. But equally, I'm only aware of the fact I, there's a lot of problems I wasn't aware of because I was a, a straight white man. Yeah. And they just never happened to me. Because I remember like in the 90s thinking, ah, oh, everything's broadly fine. Yeah. Uh, like I thought progress was done. Uh, and now Sounds I look good. at that. I look at that attitude. I look at the attitude of certain idiots. Uh, I don't want to name names. Ricky Gervais, uh, who seem to be of the opinion that whilst every single fucking generation of human beings has progressed further than the generation before, he has had the exact fortune to be born in the exact generation where we were done. Yeah, we we sort of admit. 
Which I'm, sorry, uh, sorry, except for like in countries where they like cook dogs. So white people are dumb, uh, but other cultures obviously not as developed, and that's not racist at all. But take, no, take uh, whitey out of the oven. <laughs> it's finished. It's ready for Christmas dinner. Yeah, we're not done. There's always room for fucking advancement and progress. That's the fucking point. And once well, he, there is, he a... made a point, didn't he? That was like, um, he pro he he shared some Twitter outrage thread, and then said that the thing about these people is that they don't seem to take on board the fact that they will just be cancelled by the next generation. It's like, yeah. of course we will. That's why we're doing this. Yeah. Because I'm definitely. I'm almost certainly going to say a racist thing to a cyborg, and my and my grandkids should they exist in in a scenario where ten years down the line everything wasn't on fucking fire all the time, and I'm yeah. like right, I'll acknowledge my kids. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then one of them as a kid. <laughs> and... There's, I I was listening to the Cultaholic uh, Wrestling podcast. And they got onto this discussion topic of uh, sex robots for some reason. And one of them went, no, no, don't, let's not do this. This is the thing that we're going to appear like out of touch bigots for not being okay with. <laughs> so, yeah. like, it's like, no, yeah, it's like, fine, you, know, you, you can marry a robot. That's fine. I don't want to get caught. And that's the thing. It's like, here's the thing. People who say, oh, everyone gets cancelled. No one's cancelled Dolly Parton because she's just fucking nice. Yeah, there. exactly. Just, it, yeah, it's, yeah, just be nice. I don't know how we got onto this. Also, the, yeah, the, Ricky Gervais is yeah, the Borg. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Borg are not... If anything, the Borg are the opposite of sex robots. You, you never see a black Borg, do you? No, no. They, homo they homogenised in a very specific way, didn't they, Mark? Yeah, I bet if he was on the Enterprise, he'd still be given it, wouldn't he? <laughs> I, I, I bet if Ricky Gervais was the captain of a starship and his his commander Riker, right, who I'm not going to say is Stephen Merchant, because I think that Stephen Merchant now has enough respect for himself to be like, well, I clearly have been the voice all along. Um, no, maybe not the voice. I have clearly been the talent all along. And I think enough people are beginning to respect that, that I get to be out there and be on my own. Oh, look, I'm in Jojo Rabbit and Logan. Um, yeah. So whoever is fucking second in commanders, right? Ashley Jensen, Captain Captain Gervais, Captain Gervais to Jensen. What do you see? Oh my God, Captain! There's hundreds of them. The Borg. Yes, but what gender? Of Borg. As a quick point, just if you do want to, just just a food for thought. If you don't think Ricky Gervais is a prick, this is just a little idea that maybe a little thought experiment you can play. How comes none of Ricky's comedic collaborators have remained long-term comedic collaborators when he started out he was mates with robin innes robin innes doesn't hang out with him anymore he was mates with stephen merchant stephen merchant doesn't hang out with him anymore Can't uh nobody from the barely fucking talks to him to yeah. From what I hear. yeah yeah it's almost as if ricky is a terrible fucking person and doing one fucking dance and having some unique observations about life in a fucking call center. I don't know, don't man. Fucking now, make you special. Obviously, uh, if we if we can take this fucking show back to being supportive of both sides. <laughs> I don't know, man. I I I'm kind of of the same opinion of Ricky Gervais as I am of Joanne Rowling, which is that. Okay, I'm gonna get cancelled here, isn't it? Um, 
which is that we shouldn't necessarily discount literally everything they've ever done. No. Just because they hold one shitty opinion and are too stubborn well, to think about backtracking even a little bit. I have a thing about this as well, because it's the Graham Linehan argument, which is people like to yeah. pretend that everything Graham Linehan wrote that was good was the whoever he was collaborating with. And I don't think that's a helpful argument. I don't think it's helpful to say that bigots are always big, are bigots because they were stupid and they were always stupid. I think it's far more helpful yeah. to say bigotry rots your fucking brain because you have to accept ludicrous non-logical things. And it show, and you can look at the great things. Like if you look at the fucking plot synopsis of J.K. JK Rowling's latest book, she's gone off the fucking deep end. Oh, I fully maintain <laughs> like, that J.K. Rowling is actually... Like, I, I think in years to come, and, I, and I'm not saying this to be glib, I think in years to come she will die and we will find out that she had been battling maybe something like early onset dementia or something, yeah. or like some kind of brain injury. Because that's... And I'm not just saying that because I'm like, all oh, transphobes have fucking brain injuries. Like, no, of course not. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the particular way that she is going about yeah. communicating her point kind of comes I, off like she got kicked by a horse. I don't know, she, man. All I'm going to say is I'm rich. so... I, it's, very, it's very weird for me to say this because I loved the man's work. Um, I am so glad that Terry Pratchett killed himself um, before we got insane dementia Terry Pratchett yelling at the blacks. That's because like... yes, Yeah, because I, I was worried when you were going with that there, because Terry Pratchett has always been on fucking board, but, yeah. I, but, but brain stuff takes you off board. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, and, I, yeah I, 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 I get where you're coming from. Right? But yeah, but I just think it's far more useful just to be like, look, you can be a genius and be clever and be smart, and then you get into bigotry and you end up being a dum-dum because that's what it does. Yeah. Uh, or, or it turns you into the Borg. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they'll be. Or maybe all the bigots will be right. And Could you imagine the if the Borg were run by Ricky Gervais? <laughs> well, as they come in, they've got the extra long arms so they can do the dance. But <laughs> 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 but yeah, great fucking episode of Star Trek. Yeah. This is what TNG is. Oh, like yeah. this and this and Measure of a Man. Season two is not a great season, but this and Measure of a Man. If you wanted to put forward a thesis statement for what Next Generation is, it's those two episodes. Yes, that's yes, that's a very good way of putting it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, I guess I, I think that's pre- we've covered everything really, haven't mm-hmm. we? Yeah, because like you said, there's not a lot that happens with the crew. Because yeah. it's not about the crew; it's about look, um, these are fucking scary. <laughs> do, uh, I did write down here: uh, Do blind people roll their eyes? <laughs> Do the Borg? Just the one. If the, no, all of them, every eye roll. Yeah. In sync. <laughs> it's a sound so loud that it can be heard in space. <laughs> and it's oh. usually it usually comes after after Jordy has said a dumb thing. There is one thing I want to talk about in this episode that we haven't mentioned because it's a fucking amazing and it's an amazing effect. I know exactly how. So there's a bit in this where we see the Borg cube rehealing itself on the screen and it's very clear because I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of the evil dead movies so i know a lot about really cheap special effects it's clear what they've done is they've made a section of the ball cube out of plastic mm-hmm. and then heated it underneath it and filmed it in reverse yeah, yeah yeah so it melts down and then they can have it pop back but it, it's 
fucking brilliant. Yeah, it's really It's cool. such a cheap effect, and it's used so well, and it's so unnerving to see it like spring back into position. It's whoever, yeah, like I say, everybody working on this episode fucking nailed it. Take a day off. <laughs> <laughs> coming at coming at ten thirty tomorrow. Yeah, and I love, I love, and I love that it ends with them getting back, put back where they are. Q leaving, and then like, like Guinan and Picard are talking, and she's just like, yeah, but they know you're here now. They're coming for you. Yeah, and it's like, and they're, and they're about two years away. Yeah, in space, and they're far. That's two years, but your speed, they're faster. So, yeah, good luck. Hold <laughs> up. Yeah, that's just a sword of Damocles hanging over all of TNG until the next time the Borg appear. Oh, that's great. It's brilliant. I love it. They're so good. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Right. Right. Cheers Bye. for listening. Bye. Yes, yeah, thank you. Bye. The Captain's Slog is performed by Mark O'Neill and Eddie Edwards. You can follow both of them on Twitter and Instagram. Mark's at RealMarkO'Neill and Eddie is at Ed Edwards Comedy. If you like the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter and now on YouTube at Captain Slog. And we have a Facebook page as well. Or if you really like what we do here, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Captain Slog. <laughs>